Happy Tuesday. My, my name. <laughs> we have started well. My name is Alan. And my name is Nick. And welcome into, into the, the dungeon. The sun rises to the east, casting long shadows across the dense foliage of the Neverwinter Wood. Our heroes find themselves awakening, having taken refuge in an ancient, crumbling tower. Its moss-covered stones and broken windows speak of a forgotten era. The tower stands as a vestige of a forgotten civilization. Inside the tower, the air is thick with an eerie silence, disturbed only by the occasional creak of ancient wood. Our adventurers are now awakening from their arduous journey throughout the previous day, as Fenner approaches them to wake them up and start making preparations to continue their journey towards the Circle of Thunder in search of Sister Gorel and in hope for a cure for Shrew and Fenner's curse of lycanthropy. The early morning sun is now starting to flicker for the openings in the ancient roof, its warm and welcoming light casting dancing shadows on the cracked stone walls. Shrew, Fabian. Uh, uh, the morning already. Oh, what on earth is that you're holding? Oh, yes, I found this last night in, in the bed. It's a dolly. Ghastly. Oh, you don't have to be that rude. It's in better days, I'm sure, but it's a doll. It's a bit freaky if you ask me. Well, it helped me fall asleep yesterday. I cuddled with it, and I had a deep and sound sleep. I think I'll be taking it with me. Have you checked to make sure it's not magical or cursed? Looks a bit ominous. I'm sure it's fine. It's just a doll. Well, the last time we found dolls, they attacked us. Can I do? Can I check it quickly, like <laughs> yeah. as as I'm putting it in my bag? I don't want to give Fabian the satisfaction of having convinced me. So as I'm putting it in the bag, I want to kind of do a quick Arcana check on it. Okay, yeah, give me a sleight of hand and an Arcana check then. Fourteen for the sleight of hand. Fourteen for the Arcana check. So as you're putting this doll in your bag, you manage to place your your body between your backpack and Fabian. He's none the wiser as you're carefully inspecting this before shoving in your your pack. You don't detect any magic coming from it. Preposterous. A magical doll. It's just a normal doll. And I just stuff it in. I remembered that I also had that wand that Halia asked us to retrieve for her. Oh yeah, the one you found with Sebastian. Yeah, and I never took the time to figure out what it was, so can we say that in one of our short rests that we've been having, I would have had time to inspect it and find out what it does? Yeah, I'll say that that's fine. So having spent some time with it, you'd have discovered that this is in fact a wand of secrets. And this wand has three charges. Whilst holding it, you can use an action to expend one of those charges. And if there's a secret door or trap within 30 feet of you, the wand pulses and points at the one nearest to you. The wand will regain 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. Hmm, another sneaky item for Halia. Hmm. Yeah, I don't trust her. Don't trust her one bit. Okay, so should we get going? We'll have a light breakfast and on the move. Let's make haste because we don't have a lot of time to waste. Sure. Perhaps, uh, are you cooking breakfast? No, no, we have breakfast to go. Just snack on some dry meats and, you know, fruit or whatever you have. Any rations that you may have. Okay, I was 
I thought we were going to search this tower, see if there was anything of use. Yes, yes, let's search the tower and then leave. I had already searched the room with the bed, right? Yeah, that's correct. We kind of searched everything, or we came across the book when we were moving. That's correct, yeah. yeah. You, you didn't do a search, you barricaded the door, and as you did so, you discovered that dagger and the diary. Okay, for what it's worth, we are going to do a general search of the whole tower. Okay, so who's got the highest investigation then of all of you? That would be Fenner. Okay, so then roll for investigation with Fenner's stats and do so with advantage as the three of you are having searched this tower. That's a total of 17. So you'd already searched this room where you are now. What looks like had once been the sleeping chambers. And you make your way downstairs to what once looked like a library. As you're searching around, you see then in the corner of the room, there's a long rotten skeleton of an adult. As you inspect it, you notice that it's been here a long time. There's nothing of value on him. You make your way downstairs to the initial room you came in and start scouring for the rubble. And here you find two smaller skeletons. They appear almost child-sized, or perhaps small humanoid-sized. You notice that one of them is clutching a diary in its hand. And you also notice sort of buried amongst the, the rubble. A number of arrows with black feathers. Such a waste of life. This dragon caused. They, they seem but mere children. I, I don't wish to disturb, but I, I need to see what this is. And I pick up the diary. As you lift this book up, you notice it's thick with dust from the rubble. It's quite worn. Looks like it's been here a long time, but perhaps not as long as the skeleton that you found upstairs. You find that there's an entry in this book, and it reads... Dear Diary, today was a day that we almost became dinner for a hag. We were playing in the woods when we stumbled across a little cottage that we'd never seen before. It was cute and cosy, with a warm fire burning in the hearth and the smell of something delicious cooking on the stove. We knocked on the door, hoping to make a new friend, but when it opened, we saw this hag inside. She looked at us with a wicked smile and invited us in, and as soon as we stepped over the threshold, I knew we were in trouble. The cottage was full of traps and tricks we soon found ourselves stuck in a magical cage with no way out. The hag cackled and licked her lips, saying that we were going to be her dinner that night. We were so scared that I could barely think, but I knew I had to do something to get us out of there. I started looking around for anything that might help us escape, and then I saw it, a piece of the hag's hair, lying on the ground. I remembered my grandmother's stories about hags, and how they could be defeated with their own magic, so I grabbed the hair and started reciting a spell I'd learned from her, praying that it would work. And behold, it did. The magical cage disappeared and we were free. We ran out of the cottage as fast as we could, hearing the hag's screams and curses behind us. We didn't stop running until we got to this ancient tower where we have taken refuge before we plan our journey home. Poor Mirren was so scared she has basically cried herself to sleep tonight. Despite my assurances we'll be home this time tomorrow. The entry ends. What is that true? Well, it's a, it's a diary. I belonged to this poor deceased child. I believe, perhaps, it was a sibling of, of Mirren, the child that owns the doll I found. I think I was wrong. They they weren't killed by the dragon. This is... They died later, much later. And apparently they were running from a hag that yes. resides in this woods. A hag? Yes. Oh, that's not good news. Mm. Can I check the arrows that are lying on the floor? Do they seem to be in a position where they've pierced the bodies of, of these would-be children? A couple do. Hmm. Mm, they came here to hide from the hag and to plan a way back. It seems something hunted them. Can I pick an arrow up and, and inspect it? Can I look for clues? Who does this craft work belong to? Yeah, give me a history check. Eight. You spend some time inspecting these arrows. 
They're rather crudely made. You can see that the feathers have been attached to them in a manner that doesn't scream out fine craftsmanship. And although you're struggling to pinpoint who may have made these arrows, you recall your fight the night earlier. And even though you aren't shot with arrows, you'll have noticed that some of these goblins were in fact carrying arrows with black feathers on them. Hmm, yes, this makes sense. This is a territory of goblins. It seems that the goblins kill these poor defenseless children. Can I tell how old these arrows are? How long they've been here? They're not recent. So I also find a skeleton upstairs. Yeah. That belonged to... To an adult. To an adult. Which seemed older. Yeah. Have I scoured the whole tower now? Yeah, that's all you found. Okay. I'm going to put the book back and then I'm going to get the doll out of my rucksack and place it in the skeleton's hands. The one that's just beside the one that had the, the diary on him. Maybe say a prayer, Fenner, for these poor souls. Okay. And Fenner approaches, closes her eyes, starts saying a little prayer under her breath. Add yourself a inspiration. Inspiration? Yeah. Can I ask what for? For returning the doll to its rightful owner. Yeah, I mean, felt like the right thing to do. As Fenner's saying her prayer, and true shrubberies are gathered around, you hear a soft rustling noise coming from the floor above you, followed by the crack of glass and the distinct smell of wood burning. I heard a rustling? Yeah. Crack of glass and then wood burning. Hmm. It seems we are being ambushed. It's most definitely we are being ambushed. <laughs> <laughs> to change the music. I just want to stay put for a bit and carry on listening to see what's going on. You stay there, alert. You hear a number of footsteps above you. This cackling, followed again by more glass. You hear the sound of wood burning, in addition to the smell getting stronger. You're also starting to feel a bit of heat coming from the floor above you. You guys barricaded yourselves in as well. Well, it's apparent that we're going to have to skip breakfast. We are in the bottom floor, no? Where we had barricaded. Yeah. Is the floor below me made out of stone? Is it gravel? It's stone. All right, I turn towards the door that we barricaded and start removing the barricades. But I tell Fabian, watch our backs. Watch the ceiling. If anything pops its head out, shoot it. You too, Fen. I will take care of this barricade. Oh, what have we got ourselves in, Sushu? Oh, nothing. Just some dastardly goblins, no doubt. And don't worry, I killed three or four in one blow. We'll be fine. So these are your new friends that you made it last night come back to search for you? I don't know. Well, they're messing with the wrong group. If they didn't have enough yesterday, they're sure going to have enough today. So Shu starts removing the rubble, whilst Fenner and Fabian keep an eye on your back, keeping their eyes peeled towards the stairwell in particular. And again, they hear this cackle, followed by the smashing of glass. The smell of fire is getting stronger and stronger above you. You've now managed to clear the rubble and the barricade that you'd created to keep it all safe. Okay, so I want to kick it open. Get close to the walls, get away from the from the door so that they cannot see you as I open the door. Keep your eyes on the flight above. If you see anyone, shoot them. Aye, that I will. I'm more concerned about that smell. I think they're trying to smoke us out. Yes, yes, I know. I'm sure they will lie in wait for us to come running out of this tower. So I want to hug the wall just next to the door. I want to pull the door open so that it opens towards me and I can hide behind it. I want to peek outside. Do I see anything? Okay, before I narrate that, I'm going to ask you to roll for initiative. I'm going to roll for Shrew. That's a total of a 9 for Shrew. 15 for Fenna. And for Fabian, total of 3. 
Okay, I've just rolled for your enemies. Your ambushers, if you will. As you swing the door open, hugging the wall to your right, you don't see anything outside. Above, though, you're hearing these footsteps again and peeking out from the stairwell. You see a goblin emerge, its green skin blending with the shadows created by the sun breaking through the ruined roof. You see him brandishing crude weapons, a wicked grin etched in his grotesque face. Allow that Fabian and Fenner were holding their actions, they've just seen this goblin appear at the stairs, his hand readied with his glass vial. Okay, Fabian would have wanted to fire the bow. Okay, roll to attack. 19, which is a critical for Fabian. That will hit. Not bad, that's 14 plus 1, 15 damage. The 7 was doubled because a 19 is a critical for him. Yeah, so this arrow lets loose from Fabian's bow, striking this goblin in his neck. You see this blood gushing from it. He starts gurgling. His hand reaches up to the arrow. He's just about standing. Doesn't look like there's much left in him. Can Fabian use his multi-attack, even though it was a ready action? Yeah, because his action's multi-attack, so he can attack twice. Awesome. He's going to try and hit him again. Seven to hit. The second arrow just whizzes above this goblin's head as he's crouched down, holding the arrow that's in his neck. Damn it. Can Fenna go now? Yep. She's going to cast Sacred Flame, the cantrip. Okay, so this goblin's going to take a dexterity saving throw. It's a 16, which saves. Damn it. Okay, he survives. You see this goblin with one hand on the arrow in his neck, pull back his arm and let fly with this vial. That's a total of 11, which does not hit Fabian, as this vial smashes against the wall behind him. You see these flames come out, missing Fabian. Are the flames extinguished, or are they catching on something? No, because it's a stone floor and stone wall. The flames haven't caught on anything yet. Good. That goblin's turned and run up the stairs it came down, and peeking its head around the spiral staircase, you see another goblin. This one's got its bow drawn, he's taking aim at Fabian. That's a 22 to hit. Yeah, that hits. The arrow pierces into Fabian, dealing with eight piercing damage. Likewise, this goblin now runs back upstairs. It's over to Fenner. So how is the setup exactly of this tower? They are peeking from above, looking down from a staircase. Yeah, for the spiral staircase that leads up to the second level, which is what looked like a library. So can Fenner find a place where she'd be out of sight from the goblins if they come down again and start firing from the same position they just did? As she's scouring the room, the safest place would appear to be next to Shrew. Fenner wants to cast the spell she learned when she leveled Aid, giving Shrew and Fabian 5 HP healing, but also plus 5 on the max HP. And then she wants to run towards True, where she believes she can hide from the range of those goblins. And that would be Fenner's turn. So it's Shrew. Alright, I want to cast Moonbeam just outside the door. Like in a way that if anyone wants to come in, they have to pass through that. Okay. And then I want to move five feet closer towards the start of the stairs, towards the bottom of the stairs. Would I assume the goblins see me from there if they come down again? They could come partly down the stairwell, and they would see. Okay, well, I'll stay there for now. Is she doing anything else? No. Then it's over to Fabian. Fabian wants to hold his action again, if he sees any goblins popping out from anywhere, be it the door or be it the top of the stairs. He wants to fire at them with a bow and arrow. Yeah, so basically any goblin threats that come in, he wants to let loose. Yeah. Yeah, he can do that. Is he staying put or is he moving? 
Is there anywhere down here, is there anything he could hide behind, maybe to get some partial cover? I mean, there's some rubble, but it's not going to offer any real cover. Okay, he wants to throw himself sniper mode. He wants to throw himself down prone. Alrighty then, so Fabian's now lying like a sniper on this tower's floor. Yeah, prone, and hopefully it's harder to hit. You're hearing footsteps now again upstairs. And Fenner, beyond the, the stone wall of the tower, hears this light thud almost directly beyond the wall where she stood, followed by a shriek and a thump. It's now over to Fenner. Okay, Fenner's going to use a bonus action to cast Shield of Faith on Shrew, so that will be an extra plus two on his AC. Okay, that's Fenner's bonus. Is she doing any movement or is she using an action? She wants to hold her action. Similarly, if she sees any goblin or any foe pop out from anywhere, she wants to target it and attack it. That would be with her cantrip, yeah? Yeah. It's now over to Shrew, and Shrew's starting to feel the heat coming from upstairs. Okay, I want to run upstairs. Well, I want to use my movement to go upstairs. So with Shrew's movement, he reaches the very top of that next floor. He's seen the bookcases that are lying on the floor, and the bits of furniture have all caught fire, and it's starting to spread to the floor itself as well. Do I see any goblins, any foes? You do not. Okay. As you're glancing around, you do notice that one of the broken windows has been completely smashed through now. But I don't see anyone. No, you don't see anyone. And is there another floor above me? Yeah, there's the bedroom above you. Do I hear anything above me? You do not, unless you're trying to actively perceive it. No. Okay, I want to cast Tidal Wave on the floor and try and douse all the flames. How big is the area of this floor? How big is this room? It's a 30 by 30 foot room. That's circular. Okay, so tidal wave, as a reminder, I conjure up a wave of water that crashes down on an area within range. The area can be 30 feet long and up to 10 feet wide and 10 feet tall. There's no creatures, so I'll skip the part of creatures, but it does say that the water spreads out across the ground in all directions, extinguishing unprotected flames in its area and within 30 feet of it. So I want to cast that in the middle of the room. So this massive tidal wave appears crashing onto the floor and dousing all the flames. The water starts trickling down the stairs to the floor underneath you. The fire has been put out. Okay, that would be my turn. It's then over to Fabian. Fabian is going to get up, using half his movement, and run towards where Fenner is. Okay. He's then going to hold his action again with his bow. If he sees anyone, he's going to attack. Okay. So it's a Fenner then. Fenner is going to move towards the stairs and go up. With Fenner's movement, she'll get halfway up the stairs. She's going to use her action to dash and make it all the way up. Okay. Is she doing anything once she gets there? Any bonuses? No, she's staying there. So as Fabian's keeping watch towards the outside of the door, he sees this goblin pop its head from behind these hedges. You can see that there's an arrow on fire as he's drawing the string of his bow. Fabian had been holding his action, so is Fabian going to let loose? He can see him. Yeah, let's see if he can hit. A natural one. In his excitement, he takes aim. <laughs> it's loose, but his arrow goes high and certainly not handsome. The string sort of pings back and slaps him in the face. Oh, no. He has the second attack, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, four plus four, so eight total. That second one misses. A little embarrassed from Damn. his first shot. His second arrow strikes the 
the hedge to the side of the goblin. This goblin lets loose. <clears throat> the arrow strikes true into the door, burning as it embeds itself. The door looks like it's going to catch fire at some point. The goblin disappears back into the bushes and Fabian's lost sight of him. As Fabian sees this arrow strike into the door, the arrow burning, the flames starting to lick the ancient wooden door, he catches a glimpse of this goblin running across. And with that, it's over to Fenner. Okay, Fenner wants to make an investigation to determine where the goblins broke in through. I imagine it's a window. They climbed through the window. Is the window high up or is it...? You can reach the window. Okay. So she kind of wants to see if there's anything attached to the window. Would that be like the action? If she wants to investigate properly out of the window or the area around it, yes. If she's just walking up and sort of glancing as she approaches the window, I'll narrate what she can see for sure. And then if you want to see beyond that, you'll have to use an action. She wants to walk up to the window and see what she sees at her first glance. At first glance, she notices that this window has been broken inwards, which in all likelihood is the first crash of glass you heard. And as she glances out of the window, she sees a goblin lying motionless, face up with an arrow through its neck. So from what she's seen, she can assume that there isn't anything aiding them up into the window. It's more of a goblins trying to climb. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. She wants to use her movement to go up to the next floor, as far up as she can. So her normal movement would take her up to the landing of that next floor. What does she see there, like, again, as she enters the room? This is the sleeping chambers that you spend the night in. And she sees the the bed and the old furniture that was there. And the ladder that leads up to the balcony where you guys kept watch from. And she's not seen anyone in it? No, there's no one there. At least none that she can see. Okay, she wants to use action to search that room to see if there's anybody hiding. Okay, roll investigation. Total of 18. 18, as Fenner runs onto this landing, she's looking around. She doesn't see any signs of anybody else having been in here. Okay, that's a turn then. Can she shout out to Shrew to let him know that there's no one in the next floor? It's all clear up here, Shrew. That will do. And incidentally, it's over to Shrew then. All right, Shrew wants to run up using his dash action as far as he can. Like Fenner, your normal movements will take you to that landing. That's your 25 feet. Where is it you're dashing off to then? Past Fenner and up towards the lookout, up the ladder. Okay, that dash action takes you just to the point where your head's about to pop up into the balcony area. You can't quite make it all the way. Okay, I'm staying there for now. And so it's a Fabian. You said that Fabian could see the goblin that had dashed in front of him? Yes, he can, just about. Okay, he wants to try and hit him with a arrow. Okay, roll for attack. 16 total. That hits. 8 plus 1, 9. That arrow strikes the goblin straight in the upper thigh as he's running away. He looks hurt, but still intent on running. He goes again. That's a 7. That second arrow, as he lets loose, the goblin sort of hobbling, like a hobber goblin. <laughs> as he recoils from the pain of that first arrow and manages to duck out of the way as the second arrow comes whizzing over him. He's going to use action surge. It's an extra two attacks, right? Yeah. That's a 15 to hit. That will hit. Seven damage. This next arrow catches the goblin square between the shoulder blades as it sends him tumbling into the grass. He's down. Yes. Now I have one more action. Uh, Sorry, one more attack. He's going to try where he last saw the other goblin. He's blindly going to try and hit it through the bush or whatever. Okay, roll to attack then. 
with disadvantage. Total of six. So he lets loose this arrow. I just gets lost in the bushes. Boom. Doesn't hear it strike anything. Fair enough. He wants to tuck behind the door again. The door which is slowly catching fire. Yeah. As Fabian stood there watching, keeping an eye out towards the woods, his eyes scanning for danger, he sees this great hulking beast, identical to the one that he had seen the night before. And he's charging towards the tower, this great big bear with the head of an owl. Damn. It's run straight up to the door, looking ferocious and fearsome to use this action to dash. And it takes him straight into the path of the door that's now slowly catching fire, straight into Shrew's moonbeam. And you're hearing these shrieks of delight coming from different parts of the, the forest beyond you. He's going to have to make a constitution saving throw on said moonbeam. That's a total of 15. It saves, but that's still 2d10 halved. That's 11 damage, half to 5. Fabian's hearing this commotion coming from both sides of the tower now. He hasn't seen anything yet though. That's over to Fenner. Fenner's gonna follow Shrew up the ladder. If Fenner dashes, she'll reach the top of the balcony. If she uses her movements, it'll take her to just under Shrew. Yeah, she's gonna dash. That takes Fenner to the top, and she's now on this balcony level, looking out over the forest. Yeah, that will be her, her action, her turn done. Fabian now sees this slightly meaner looking goblin riding atop this great wolf appear from behind the, the bushes where one of those goblins had shot at him, or rather shot at the door. He's drawing his bow as well. He's going to take aim at Fabian. Because Fabian's partially hidden behind this door with his head peeking out occasionally to, to see what's going on. I'm going to say he's got three quarters cover, which gives him a plus five bonus to his AC. Nice. This arrow, boom, thuds into the door. It's not hit. And with that, over to Shrew. Shrew wants to continue up and ascend on top of the balcony. That only takes you a couple of feet, so you've still got most of your movement left. Can I see anything below me in the woods? Which direction are you looking? Where the door is pointed. You do, you see a familiar looking goblin sat atop a warg. Hmm, come back for more, have you? How many feet away is he from me? The total of 65 feet away. Well, more you shall get. And I want to cast Erupting Earth on him again. Are you censoring it on him? I don't see anything else around him, right? Not with your passive perception. Passive? <laughs> passive. Not with my passive perception. Yeah, then I would center it on him. Okay. It's a 20-foot cube. Ooh. Natural 20. Bastard. Okay, I'm going to roll for the warg. Okay, the warg is a total of 14. Yeah, the warg saves as well, so both save. One second. A 10 does not save, does it? A 10 does not save, no. Okay. That's 3d12 halved. That's not three ones, is it? <sighs> Almost. Two ones and a nine. So, so 11 halved. 11 halved to five. <laughs> oh no. Third level spell. That's ridiculous. That's gonna hurt. And it's difficult terrain now, yeah? Yeah, the area is and now difficult terrain. From atop the tower, you hear the warg snarling as it takes some damage. The goblins are atop him. Looks defiant, even though he's taken some bludgeoning damage. But you hear a louder shout coming from the bushes to, to his right. That one seems to have been hurt more. Hmm. Yeah, okay, that's my turn there then. It's over to Fabian now then. His head's sort of peeking out occasionally from behind this door. The fire's starting to spread a little quicker on it. And he's seeing this great hulking beast in front of him. 
from what he's seeing, can he tell if the beast would fit through the door? It's not going to fit through the door. But it might break it. Could very well break it. It looks like it's strong enough to perhaps damage this ancient ruin of a tower. Hmm. Okay, Fabian wants to move away from the door. Where's uh, he going? He's, he wants to walk up the stairs and stay where he still has eyesight on the owl bear. Yeah, he can use 20 feet of movement to start making his way up the spiral staircase and still have sight of him. Okay, and he wants to fire at the owl bear from there. Alrighty then, roll to attack. Just a reminder, Fabian's already shot six arrows. His quiver's down to 14. Alright. 13 to hit. It just hits. Oof, good. Seven damage on the first one. Okay. He's gonna go again. Six to hit. That one does not. As the owl bear gets into a fit of rage with the arrow striking into him and he's moving and thrashing around the second arrow whizzes past him and gets lost into the forest okay Fabian wants to use the rest of his movement to go up to the second floor that takes him to the landing of the library okay he's gonna stay there as Fabian stood on this landing he sees bursting through the shattered window this goblin making its way inside he sees Fabian stood on this landing he's gonna jump in draw his bow and wildly miss. <laughs> Good. The arrow slams into the stone wall behind Fabian. Second goblin comes in from that same window. And likewise, he's, he's staring down Fabian, draws his short bow. That one hits. It's a total of 19. I'm rolling very well today. It's a total of three damage on Fabian. Good. Okay, Fabian's taken a total of six damage so far in the battle, considering the five HP that he got back from Fen. Directly in front of Fabian, the remains of the, the window that's there shatter through as he sees this goblin with its scimitar whoosh, smashing through the glass. And he climbs in and he's quickly followed by another goblin climbing in through this window. He's going to aim his short bow at Fabian. It's a total of 14 to hit, which misses. It's over to the owlbear. He's going to have to take a constitution saving throw. Ooh, that's a 19. Damn you. That's nine half to four. This owlbear is now going to start trying to shove its way into this door. As it starts pushing and slamming against the door frame, the flames on the door start to singe its fur a bit, and it recoils, but still standing firm at the door frame. It's over to Fenner. Fenner and Shrew would have heard the shattering of glass coming from the floor below them. Yes, they've heard the, the shattering of a glass window, but they can imagine, obviously, that perhaps there's goblins coming through the windows again. But for now, Fenna sees the warg and the rider and believes that's the most pressing concern and she wants to cast Guiding Bolt and try and hit it. Alrighty then. As a level two. As a level two. Okay, this will leave Fenna with one level two, one level three, and three level ones. Roll to hit. 15 to hit. Is she targeting the warg or the rider on the warg? The rider. 15 does hit. So that's 5d6. Feel the power. Fenna power. <laughs> okay, not bad. 23 damage. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. That was three sixes, a four and a one. Oh, he gone. He gone. Good. Good. He flies off this wog, sent sprawling into the woods behind him. He sort of twitches a bit on the floor and then boom, falls motionless. Is Fenna doing anything else? At first glance, does she see anything else other than the owl bear, I imagine, and the warg? No, she does not. 
other than the corpse of the goblin that Faven shot down. She's probably going to stay there, seeing that the owl bear is trying to enter the tower. She may think that she can still hit it from up there, though she's staying there for now. She's heard the glass break, but she still hasn't heard Fabian shout or ask for help or anything, so she's just going to stay there for now. The Sven is looking out over this tower. She sees the now riderless walk stand up on its hind legs, turn around and start bolting into the forest. Like running on two legs? No, no, as in like, his, <laughs> you know, like, like a horse sort of thing. It's like oh, sort right. of stood up on two legs, right. shocked at what's happened, got back down on four, turned around, <laughs> and he's bolting off into the forest. Okay, so now I'm going to have a vendetta of wargs. <laughs> perhaps, or perhaps not. Perhaps now he's free, free of his tormentor. Nice. Or his master. Perhaps he comes back to avenge his death. We'll see in next episode. So it's a shrew. All right, a shrew, similar to Fena, sees that thou the... Walk rider's dead, the walkers fleed. I did hear a goblin from behind the bushes screech when I cast the spell, but I can't really see it, right? No. So I'm gonna turn my attention to the owl bear. Okay. Does it look familiar? Does it look like the same owl bear we rescued? No, this one does not look the same as the one you, you saw last night. Okay, I shall cast my last level three spell as an erupting earth again, centered slightly behind the owl bear. Okay. So this spell's cast, and it's going to take a dexterity saving throw this time. It's a total nine. Yes, this time it fails. That's a total of 22 damage. Ooh, bring out the big guns today. Yeah, that, that was a good roll. The owlbear's starting to look pretty hurt and pretty pissed. True doing anything else? Not for now. He's just going to stay there. Then it's over to Fabian. Fabian is going to shout as his free action kind of thing yeah he wants to kind of ask for a little bit of help what's where's everybody gone a little help down here from a first glance does he see if any of these goblins look injured at all they all look fresh and they all have arrows bow and arrows equipped they all have bow and arrows and scimitars equipped currently equipped doesn't really matter well uh, three of them have bows equipped one of them has the scimitar in his hand Okay, so he's gonna rush up to the guy with a scimitar and he's gonna attack him. But this time, as he rushed up, he dropped his bow and took out his sword and shield. Can he do that? Or just one? I'll say he can draw his sword. He can use it with two hands. Okay, so he's gonna try and attack it with his two-handed sword. Roll to attack. That's a natural 20. Ooh, baby. So double damage. It's a d10. That's a total of 22 damage. He cuts his head clean <laughs> off as he runs up to this goblin. The head sort of, boom, falls to the floor and starts rolling in the puddle of the tidal wave that's still slowly draining and making its way downstairs. In one swift motion, he's going to step up to the other goblin and try to lob his head off too. Okay, so roll to attack. I'm going to say with advantage because the other guys just stood there frozen with fear, seeing just one hit cut the head clean off. Cool. 18 to hit. Yeah, that definitely hits. 9 damage. You thrust the sword in, straight into the chest of this goblin, pulls it out. It's still standing, but it looks like it's definitely seen better days. Cool. Is Fabian doing anything else? No, he's staying there for now. From atop the tower, Shrew and Fenner see a goblin making a run for the woods after the walk. So was it the three goblins squaring off against Fabian. Three and a four. 
Yeah, that misses. I, I think you've passed your curse onto me in the last couple of sessions. That's great news. But yeah, that first goblin runs up, almost stepping on his companion's head, sort of disgusted and in fear, swipes widely, completely missing Fabian. This next goblin's also going to drop his bow, rush up with his scimitar in hand, and he's going to take a swipe at Fabian. 15 to hit. That's a total of seven slashing damage on Fabian. Oh, hurts. Fabian's still looking quite healthy. The goblin that's just had a sword driven through him is now going to take an attack at Fabian with advantage. Ooh, nat 20 and nat 19. That's a good, good roll with advantage. So much for the curse. Ah, only to be scampered by a one on the d6. <laughs> Nice. So that's a total of four slashing damage on Fabian. What a waste of a crit. It's now over to the Albert, who's starting his turn in Shrew's Moonbeam. So he's going to do a constitution saving throw. This time he does save with a natural 19. I'm going to punish his dice because that's starting to roll a little too high now. He saves again, you mean? Not this time he does save. No, last time he didn't save. He didn't no, save what? the earthquake. Oh, uh, yeah, so he didn't save the earthquake. 10 damage, halved to 5. The Alba again shrieks out in pain. It's glancing over its shoulder. And it's seeing the warg and the goblin run for their lives. And it's going to follow suit. True and Fenner can see that he's dashed 80 feet away from the base of the tower. So is a Fenner. Seeing as everyone is fleeing. And after hearing Fabian's plea for help. He's going to turn around and jump down the ladder into the tower. Okay, give me an acrobatics check. That's 20. He actually jumps down, does a little roll, dusts herself off, and starts making her run to where it is you want her to go. Does she have enough movement to make it down the other flight of stairs? So she can't quite make it all the way down. She is about 10 feet away from the landing, but she can see Fabian surrounded by three goblins. Okay, she's going to target the goblin closest to her and cast Guiding Bolt again. Okay, so roll to hit. She's going to cast this one as level one. Eight to hit. That does not hit. Damn. <laughs> it's a good thing I cast it as a level one. Okay, that's her turn there. So it's a shrew. The same shrew is going to do what Fenna did, jump down the stairs and rush towards Fabian. Okay, so give me an, uh, an acrobatics check. 17. So yeah, with cat-like reflexes, shrew jumps down into a crouching position and starts making his run towards Fenna. So Shrew's now stood right beside Fenner. How many feet away are these goblins from me? The closest one, as the crow flies across the stairwell, 15 feet. I'm gonna carry on running, use my action to dash, and position myself just in front of the two goblins that are closest to me. Okay. And with my bonus action, I'm gonna change into a giant constrictor snake. So yeah, Shrew's taken up pretty much half of this level now he turns into this enormous snake okay so it's a fabian <laughs> fabian looks bewildered at this point yeah slightly taken aback he's gonna try and hit the goblin that he already hit once okay that's a natural one he seems in complete shock at what's happened now as he looks over his shoulder and sees this huge snake appear where his companion shrew had been and as he turns to face this goblin his blade boom, slams into the, the stone wall behind. Kind of like the cartoons, he's like... <laughs> he quickly recomposes himself and tries one more time. 24 to hit. 
Yeah, that will do it. That's a six damage. He runs his sword through this goblin again, this time seeing him off. Yeah. And then there were two, as far as we know. One of them's wet his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Are the goblins small creatures? Yeah, the, sm- yeah, the small creatures. So, yeah. They're shitting themselves at the moment. The two remaining goblins are each going to take a swipe at Fabian with their scimitars. And I'm going to say they're going to do this with disadvantage. Ooh, not one. And a 17, so... Both goblins shaking in their boots, completely amiss. One of them almost lobbing the other one's head off with his scimitar as he's just wildly flailing this around in panic. So it's a Fena. Fena is just going to hold her action. If... She sees that during the next turn, things get worse. If Shrew or Fabian seem to be struggling, then she's going to cast a spell and try and hit one of the goblins. So for now, she's going to be reading her action. Is she reading her cantrip then? Yeah, her cantrip, so that she doesn't expend a spell slot. Okay, with that, it's over to Snake Shrew. Okay, Shrew Snake is going to try and attack it with Constrict. Ooh, sounds saucy. Can you read that out for our audience? Yeah, it's bludgeoning damage, and if I hit the target, it's grappled. Until the grapple ends, the creature is restrained, but I cannot constrict another target. Okay, roll to attack them. 21. That misses. <laughs> Get off it. <laughs> roll your damage. That's 2d8 damage. It's a 3 and a 4, so 5 plus 4, 9 damage. And the goblin is constricted. The snake shrew wraps himself around this goblin, constraining him, squeezing the very life out of him. You hear a... As he just bursts with blood and guts going all over Fabian. Shrew! And if Shrew's not doing anything else, it's over to Fabian. No, that's my turn. Fabian is going to move around the goblin so that he's got him flanked. Okay. He might end up looking like a fool, but he wants to tell the goblin, to tell his people not to mess with shrew shrubberies, or the snake god will eat them all. You don't mess with shrew shrubberies, or the snake god will eat you all. And he wants to try and attack, but with non-lethal damage. Okay, he's got advantage. 19 to hit. Yeah, that hits. That's a total of 5 damage. So as Fabian says this, and he like, hits him with restraint to not kill him, he sort of just like, Poops him on the head, hard enough to deal some damage to him. He looks hurt, but he doesn't look dead yet. Or knockouts. Fabian's got another attack. <laughs> oh, it's true. So has he hit him with the hilt of the sword? Yeah. And he's going for a second one. He's going to slam him now with the broad side of the sword. All right. 24 to hit. That's better. That's a total of 10 damage now. So yeah, the, the goblin boom, feels the cold steel of Fabian's broadside of the sword slam into his cheek. You see a couple of teeth fly out. His eyes roll back as he drops to his knees. He's down. All right. Do we still smell fire coming from the bottom of the tower? Yeah. Oh, no. So the battle's over. This goblin's unconscious but breathing. As you've asked, there is still a smell of burning coming from below. Okay, drop my wild shape. We must hurry. Uh, the, The door was burning. It's the only safest way out, so unless we want to climb out the window, I suggest we hurry. I agree. Fabian, grab that goblin and bring him outside. So Fabian obliges grabbing the goblin by the scruff of the neck, and you guys make your way downstairs. Are you going through the door? Is it a blaze, or is it... Can no, we... it's, it's, it's still sort of 
softly burning. It's spreading, but it's not a wild blaze at the moment. Okay, yeah, we pass by the door and exit. So what are Shrew's robberies doing then? We are moving away from the tower, dropping the goblin in some bushes. We want to investigate the the rider, the wall rider. So as you search his body, you find a small pouch with 20 gold pieces and what looks to be a rather well-crafted bow that you wouldn't expect to see on a goblin. Mmm, look at this, Fabian. An exquisite-looking bow. That it is. I wonder who these goblins are working for. 20 gold in his pouch. That's mm. quite an amount. Yes, and this bow. Perhaps he was their leader. Oh, he most certainly was. Yeah, I encountered him back in the forest yesterday. He got away from you? Yes. Obviously, they tracked us and ambushed us. I don't think we're going to have to worry about them anymore. No, I don't think so. That's true. Yes. I'm starting to get worried that we're going to run out of time at this rate. <sighs> I worry too, Fenna. We must make haste. No more fooling around, Fabian. Well, you are the one that pulled these goblins into our path. As Perhaps I said, you shouldn't gallivant no, off on your own. No more fooling around, as I said. Let's get going. So we want to get going. Snack on those rations that we talked about before the fight broke out. But we want to leave the fire burning. Hopefully the wretched tower burns into ashes. We can't offer those poor children and the other remains a proper burial, like they probably deserve. But at least the fire can lay them to rest. And with that true shrubberies, continue on their journey towards the Circle of Thunder, making their way through the Neverwinter Wood. You begin to get deep and deep into these woods, the trees looming overhead, their branches entwined like a canopy, casting shadows on the forest floor. These woods are alive with whispers and mysterious rustling sounds, the air heavy with the scent of damp earth and the sweet fragrance of blossoming wildflowers. You continue on for your full day's march. Nothing untoward happens. Find a safe place to make camp. You take your watches. It's a quiet night for a change after the last couple of days. The first rays of dawn start breaking through the horizon as our heroes gather their belongings and continue on for the Neverwinter Woods. There's now three days till the next full moon. You sense the clock is ticking. After a few hours pushing deeper into the woods, you find yourself on the trail. It starts to lead you to the northeast in the direction you know the Circle of Thunder to be in. You see that it splits off into three directions. A central trail with one to either side. What are Shushrub is doing? So I know this is the direction to the Circle of Thunder. Yeah. Can I make a survival check to see if I could perhaps read the paths and see maybe which path would take me to it quicker? Yeah, roll me a survival. That's a total of five. The three trails seem to lead roughly into the same direction, but they all look the same to you. Well, hmm, I seem to be stumped. Which trail should we take? Oh, wandering the wilderness is not my mm. strong point. Clearly it's not mine either. Let me see. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Catch an owl bear by its toe. If you ever let it go, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Let's take the left one. So you press ahead on the leftmost path. And after about an hour's journey, you notice that the path becomes swamped with butterflies. Hundreds of them. Some resting on flowers, some frolicking along the ground others flitting in the air. You've never seen so many of these creatures all in one place in your life. Oh, so many butterflies. Hmm, it would seem we chose the right path. Better butterflies and goblins or orcs. But for sure. Something odd about them, though. Why are there so many here? Do I see any, like, flowers? 
Yeah, there's several flowers. There's wildflowers all over the place here. Well, it's abundant in flowers. Surely they're suckling up the nectar. Well, you are a druid of the wilds. Mm, yes. That would seem to make sense. Can I, <laughs> having said that, can I kind of make a nature check? Yeah, give me a nature check. Three. Yes, nectar indeed. <laughs> <sighs> they seem to be acting completely naturally to you. These are just natural butterflies, and not everything wants to kill us and attack us. We can take in nature and in its beauty and appreciate it. Well, Stop being paranoid, uh, since, we, since we've adventured together, everything seems to be killing us. Well, not these little beauties. Let's enjoy it for a second. And I lay down the forest floor. Okay, give me another nature check now as you're lying down and taking all this in. This time with advantage. Total of 17. As you're lying there now, looking around at all these butterflies, they don't seem to be acting naturally to you. Something seems to be controlling them. Give me an arcana check. 16. You're studying these butterflies. You get a strong sense that this sort of behavior could indicate a powerful fae presence. As you're lying there, the butterflies suddenly move as one, arranging themselves in two lines, flanking the path, almost providing with a clear lane to travel. They hover frantically, the wings beating quickly staying in place in the air. See, they're just helping us get... get this doesn't look good. Oh, this, uh, this is rather unsettling. As I lay down, I felt her... And I'm saying this as I'm now standing up. I felt her... the presence of a fey creature. Fey? Yes, we have to be careful around these. Although not my mentor, Cinemis is, is a gentle soul. But certain fey creatures can be tricky. As tricky as goblins. Even more so. This is strange. Can I make an investigation check, see if I sense anything, a, a fake creature, if I see anything? Yeah. Are the, are the butterflies kind of beckoning us to go towards that path? They've sort of lined and flanked the path on either side. Oh, right. So now the path we now have to follow to continue on this. The path that you've been walking on, yeah. Okay. I want to do that investigation. Okay. Total of 13. So as you're looking around trying to see if you see any creatures or get any indication of what's controlling these butterflies. You see hovering above the ground, 60 feet away from you, what looks like a large, clear gem, roughly the size of a human head. And that's where we're going to call this session. <laughs> oh, damn it, what is all of this? <laughs> a mighty big gem, ready for the taking. Or is it? Where is this leading, I imagine? You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Yeah, another cliffhanger for us there yeah we hope you've enjoyed this episode will those goblins be back to hunt down shrew and shrew shrubberies I don't know we kind of sent a message with one of them we let him live but we sent a message the snake god will eat you all mm. so yeah thanks for listening in don't forget to visit our website www.i2td.com it's got all the links to our good stuff there our social media feeds an invite to our discord channel and a link to our buy me a coffee page where you can join in the adventure and be a part of our story by donating a potion which will appear in game or by purchasing a unique item which will come to the aid of Shrew and his shrubberies. Yeah so thank you very much if you choose to donate but if you cannot you can also help us by leaving a comment or a review in your podcast player of choice or in YouTube where you can also follow us, like our content and click on the little bell. Ding-a-ling. We're going to roll an ad now from our friends at Bad Heroes, the podcast. Hey, I'm Dre Silvertooth, and I'm a GM. 
you should absolutely come listen to our podcast because I have the best heroes. They're hunting curses for the Queen of Vire and it's, it's going great. I got five hit points. I have a plan. Is it to write my eulogy? They make really good choices. Oh God, why did I do that? <laughs> it's all according to plan. Textbook success. She did fall 45 feet in full armor though. Well. Fine, they are bad heroes. I have four very bad heroes on my podcast. But they are hilarious. Come check us out at badheroescast.com or find Bad Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. I haven't been playing my bard correctly, so now I am going to. <laughs> Hold up. You mean trying to summon an electric guitar so that you can use the auxiliary cord was not doing it correctly? Oh no, that was definitely correct. <laughs> that was Bad Heroes, the podcast. Make sure you check them out. The link to their podcast is in the description of this episode. That brings us over to Twitter Twitter. We've got some questions and I believe a challenge today. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, let's see it. Let's hear them. Okay, so Valerie on Twitter has asked a couple of questions and a challenge. We're not going to be able to do the challenge on the podcast, but something maybe for future, maybe a YouTube short. Although something tells me I'm going to need a couple of shots for this. <laughs> okay, what is it? The challenge is for us to cosplay you as Shrew and me as Fen. Shrew <laughs> <laughs> is easy, especially now that he doesn't have hair. Yeah, that, that almost feels like it's cheating though. Why do I have to wear a dress? Well, what if you role players, Fabian instead? Oh, actually, wait, 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 wait. She hasn't specified. Loophole. Loophole. No, no. Fenner has, for the last six or seven episodes, been a fat peasant. Oh, yeah, true. So I can do that. I'm fat. I'm peasanty looking. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to dress up then. No, I just <laughs> need to put some scruffy clothes on. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Right. <laughs> and over to her questions one for you here big al okay valerie asks if shrew was allergic to sausages what would he eat it's a tough question you'd probably eat like vegan sausages no <laughs> me because <laughs> wait though that's still a sausage she says if sausages didn't exist so i'm gonna throw vegan are sausages they, are they a sausage let's be real are vegan sausages sausages i don't know let us know in the comments is a vegan <laughs> sausage a sausage does that answer your question, Valerie? Okay, okay. Let's 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 give an extra answer just in case that doesn't cut it. Haggis. You'd probably like haggis. Haggis? Yeah. Quite a random one there. S similar to sausage, but bigger. Have you ever eaten a haggis? No. Since a new challenge coming on. <laughs> no, no. Should Alan eat no, a no, no. haggis? No, no. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can bathe in ketchup. Okay, and Valerie's second question is what's been our personal favorite moment so far. You want to go first? Relating to the campaign or in life in general? Well, I assume it's the campaign. Okay. Or at least podcasting. She hasn't specified. But I think we can safely assume she means the the story so far. Probably when they cut off John, Don John's head. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, no. Um, my favorite part, it's the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Any friend in particular? Don John, perhaps? Nah. I don't know. My favorite part, it's hard. It's hard. Because it's all been good so far. Obviously, we haven't ended yet. But if I had to choose, I'd probably say... 
when I tricked Harbin into wearing the hat. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. And he thought it was invisible. Simpler times, you know? I didn't have a worry in the world. I was just there. Well, there was a dragon looming. Yeah, I know. Obviously the dragon, but there was nothing else. It was the dragon. No orcs, no goblins, no were-rats, no having turned into a were-rat. No fey. No fey now. <laughs> so yeah, it was simpler times. What about you? Hmm. I think I'm going to go all the way back to all the way back to episode one, possibly episode three, if I remember correctly. Mm. I've got two favorite moments. I'm going to cheat. Okay. I can't decide between both of them. I know which one you're going to say first. Oh, do you? Let's see if you're right. The intro when the dragon attacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about that one as well. Yeah, your, your reaction there. I mean, we literally just started and the dragon took poor old Betsy away. Oh, Betsy. That, that start was definitely one of my most memorable moments. And the second one, similar to you, it involves Harbin. That moment when you grabbed Harbin's fingers <laughs> through the... The letterbox. The letterbox. The letterbox flap or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that had me cracking up. Yeah. That was amazing. I was just struggling with it at that point. I didn't really know what I was doing. Messing with the Maya and all. But. Yeah, it was the beginning of Mischievous True. <laughs> yeah. We've got another question as well from Neil Rebo. And he asks, what is the dopiest move you've ever made in a campaign? <laughs> I think there's quite a few there. Yeah, there's quite a few. Probably the, the dopiest... One was a campaign my brother was DMing, and it might be hard to explain. I was a tiefling, and we were infiltrating my, my hometown. We, we were there to help instigate a kind of... We wanted to throw the regime, pretty much, that was, wasn't treating the, the city very well. So... <laughs> It's a bit hard. It's it's a long it's a long story kind of thing. But we found this sending stone after killing a hag. The hag had a sending stone, and we had the inclination, I believe, that the other sending stone belonged to the king that we were trying to overthrow, or the regime that we were trying to overthrow. And I used the sending stone to talk through it, and my intention was to frame someone, and that someone was my character's father, which was a bastard. <laughs> And when I got the sending stone, I, I, I wanted to say his name, but instead I said mine. <laughs> My own name. So you announced your arrival to the big bad. Yeah, I pretty much told the big bad that we were coming for him and that... <laughs> yeah, I announced our arrival and they knew exactly where we were. So after that, shit hit the fan. We had to lay low for a while and... Yeah, a few months passed before we could continue in-game, before we continue the campaign, because there was too much heat at that point. So yeah, that was probably my stupidest, goofiest moment. What about yours? Alright, mine's a bit more recent than that. Although fortunately, I'm glad to say that my dopiness paid off rather spectacularly, uh, if, I can, if I may say so myself. It's a, a campaign we're playing in currently, The Curse of Strahd, and we'd made our way to this old abandoned windmill to face off with these three hags that we suspected were there. We had a plan. I play a arcane trickster rogue, a gnome, and one of the spells I've got is a disguise self. And because we suspected that these hags were cooking young children, I decided to disguise myself as a plump little boy to try and get in. And it could have gone horribly wrong because 
the hags didn't initially take the bait. We were trying to lure them out. And instead I was being offered by this woman that we had found in the woods that we had sort of convinced to pass me off as a child she had got in exchange for some dream pastries. And I just had to roll with it. So I suddenly found myself quite a distance away from the rest of the party and at the mercy of the hags. But fortunately, the dice gods were in my favor and we prevailed, much to uh, our DM's frustration. But that could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, but to be fair, that wasn't really goofy, was it? Though It was just a... Could have gone wrong, but it's like every plan. It can go well or it can go badly. In yeah, this case, it, it was went... a stupid plan, though. <laughs> don't know. Like, there wasn't any other way to get to them, really, by surprise. Well, we could have snuck in. Through the front door. How <laughs> 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 do we sneak into a window? I don't know. I don't know. Well, and we also got a challenge today. It's my chance to equalize the score here. Let's see if it's 2-0 or it's a draw 1-1. One, one. I'm so tired, I'm going to think it's going to be 2-0 today. You haven't been practicing, have you? No. I don't think I could if I wanted to. So Bardock has set us a challenge on our Discord. And his challenge is, who can say, shrewd shrubberies selling sausages on a sunny seaside shore more times in a row? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to remember the sentence, let alone repeat it. As a defending champion, I'm going to ask you to go first. <laughs> no, no. As a defending champion, I choose. No, okay. Let's do something. Let's roll for it. Right. So a roll off. So whoever rolls highest chooses. Yeah. Okay. That's a seven plus. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. Seven. I rolled a 12. Damn so it. you start. So I've got to go first. Yeah. All right, then. So it's how many times you say it? Yeah. Without making a mistake. Yeah. Ah, again, loosey-goosey. Here we go. True shrubberies selling sausages on a sunny seaside shore. True shrubberies selling sausages on a seaside... <laughs> <laughs> so Gah. you got one. One. One and a half. <laughs> nah. One and a half. <laughs> nah, nah, one. One. All right. So I need to beat one. <laughs> can I do this? <laughs> I don't think I can. Okay. Count me down. Three. Two. One. Shrewd strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Victory is mine! <laughs> one word. <laughs> yes. It's one one. One all. So yeah, thank you for those questions and for that fun challenge. Thanks for getting me on the scoreboard, Germs. And that brings us over to the end of the episode club. Episode 39. As you may well know, this is where we give you a little password and then you use it in a comment section, wherever you want. It's just to prove that you've stayed to the very end, the true warriors, the Giro Masaradas, the last one standing. So do we have a password for today, Nick? That we do. Let us know. The password for today's episode is... Hysterical. Hmm. Hmm. Reference to the snake. Yeah, new wild shape. New wild shape. Huge snake. That was awesome. Anyway, as we said, use that, if you can, in one of the comments and we'll be reading them all so thank you very much for tuning in thank you for listening i hope to catch you again as we delve into, into the, the dungeon, dungeon. You would remember from the night before that 
No, you would not remember anything. I have, I am almost mixing campaigns here now. <laughs> uh, ignore that. <laughs> okay, that's her turn then. Can she shout? Shoo! Why not? That's only what going. Can she shout out to Shrew so to to let him know that there's no one in the next floor? It's all clear up here, Shrew. That will do. So that's 3D. <laughs> Riders on the storm. Farewell, my lover. <laughs> <laughs>